you're headed home after your very first hangout with a new friend when you begin to feel a sense of dread. The conversation that you just had with her, it started out pleasant enough. You were definitely vibing, the energy was high, and it was easy to find yourselves laughing together. But about 30 minutes in, she asked whether or not you were dating anyone. And instead of giving a simple answer, you began sharing a little too much. And once you started, it was as if you couldn't stop. Your new friend politely nodded, but you felt a shift. Did you get caught up in oversharing again? Or were you just being real? But if you were being real, why do you feel so embarrassed? In today's episode of the Friend Forward podcast, we're talking about oversharing. What does it mean? Why do we do it? What are the social consequences, especially with new friends? And toward the end of the episode, I'll let you know what you can do instead of oversharing. So if you consistently struggle with opening up a little too much when you're with new people, or even with those you've known a while, let's be honest, then this episode is for you. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, I got you. I'm your host, Danielle Byer-Jackson, a friendship coach, speaker, and author. And when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding female friendship, I am here to help you through it. So before we discuss oversharing with a new friend, let's, let's establish a few things. First of all, oversharing is relative at the end of the day. What is too much for one person might not be too much for another. Everyone's different, okay? Also, some of us think that we overshared because we have a hypersensitivity to how we may be perceived. So we think we overshared. So let's just let's just talk about oversharing from the lens that I have come to observe and understand the word, which is that oversharing is generally talking about a topic that someone might find to be too much too soon. Personal details. This generally includes topics about addictions, trauma, finances, sex, hygiene, and other subjects that the average reasonable person might be put off by upon hearing. Okay, I keep stressing generally an average person because everyone's different. But generally speaking, this is kind of what we're talking about when it get when it comes to oversharing. So there are a couple of things that impact how oversharing is even received. The first is the newness of the relationship. The second is the subject itself. So when it comes to the newness of the relationship, if I don't know you like that, right, and you're sharing what I perceive to be personal details, it might make me kind of question your judgment because I'm like, dang, I don't even know her like that. And she's telling me her business. Okay. I'm questioning your judgment. I also might be uncomfortable because there's this, uh, what we refer to as the law of reciprocity. You give something to me, I feel compelled to give it back. So if you're sharing something big with me, I'm uncomfortable because things feel unbalanced, but I don't feel comfortable yet giving you the same energy back, sharing the same a magnitude of personal detail with you. So now it feels lopsided, right? These are some of the unintended social consequences of oversharing. And a lot of times that is dictated by the newness of our relationship. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. And then the other um, factor that impacts how people receive your oversharing is the subject itself. So you can have a friend that you are relatively comfortable with and y'all do know each other pretty well, but because of her sensitivities, or what her culture has determined as inappropriate because of her attitude 
towards certain subjects, she's always going to perceive something you say about a certain topic as being too much because it's sensitive and personal and private to her. Therefore, hearing about that subject from you would still qualify as maybe a, a, as being too much to discuss because it's a lot for her. You see what I'm saying? I have personal subjects that I know my friends very well, but at the end of the day, I get kind of sensitive about. So if they're sharing in detail about it, I'm going to like be a little cringy, even though I'm going to listen, you know, so everyone's different in that regard. Now, why do we tend to do it? Some of us more than others. Okay. I'm speaking today to the person who does this often. Like this is your go-to way of interacting with people for the first time is to overshare personal details about some of those subjects that we just listed before. Okay. I want to share we'll say three reasons. I was going to hold off on the third one. Three reasons why you might be oversharing. Reason number one, we do it to manufacture closeness. Recently, I was working with a beautiful, very passionate young woman last week, and our session became pretty emotional very quickly, which by now I'm used to, honestly. And she was desperate for connection but was coming to me because she believed that there was something she was doing that was putting people off. Many of her interactions were not going to the the next level. And she's wondering, okay, why can I not keep momentum in these relationships? Why does it seem like people don't want to go the next step with me and get to know each other better? So she talked, I asked questions. She talked, I asked questions. And then together we found it. In her initial conversations with potential friends, she's bringing up really heavy mental health things. Now, I am not equipped to help her through those issues as a coach. But the issue of connecting with others and what barriers she might be unknowingly erecting and how to stop that, now that's my jam. So that's what we focused on. When I asked her what the goal was, why share so much so soon? She spoke to me as if thinking of this for the first time. She said, quote, because I want to be close and I want to show them that they can trust me Maybe if I put my stuff on the table, then it'll help us to start making a connection. Now, listen to me, y'all. You cannot expedite the friend-making process by trying to manufacture closeness. Yes, we might feel chemistry with the person right away and connection in the early stages of a platonic relationship through small revelations of each other, a small, you know, relatively appropriate like micro self-disclosure, you know, little tidbits. We might feel like a person's a kindred spirit, but we cannot rush trust. We cannot rush a true knowing of another person because the path toward a genuine friendship is a slow and healthy progression. If you're thinking, oh gosh, I hate small talk. I want to get to the good stuff. I seriously challenge you to reflect on that. Why do you feel anxious or bothered by the idea of building something over time. Do you not trust that that person will be there? So you have to like hurry up and get it all in at once. Do you fear they'll lose interest in you? Are you hungry for a connection? So you're pushing past the the critical get to know you stage because you want intimacy straight away. I encourage you to think about that. Now, let me do some validating. There are several research studies that confirm what you probably intuitively know to be true, that self-disclosure is something that women often participate in with their friends more than men do with theirs. And because of that, women's friendships do tend to be more intimate. 
This probably doesn't feel like new revolutionary information to you because that's been confirmed to you through experience. But it's nice sometimes to see what the research says and how it supports what we already suspect to be true. And I wonder if it's because sharing has that effect that we use it to speedily achieve closeness. But you will only achieve some thin veil of closeness because it has not been laid on a form a firm foundation. Real trust and connection, it needs time to breathe. Because I can't just get to know you in, in our first one hour by me telling you tons of personal things. It doesn't work like that. You also get to know people through what you observe of them, how they interact with other people. Do they keep their word? If they have an opportunity to share your business, do they hold in confidence? Are you safe being vulnerable with them? Do they have genuine concern for you? You don't know those things unless they happen over time. Okay. So to recap, if reason number one of why some of us overshare is to manufacture closeness, reason number two that we overshare is to test other people. I had a coaching session about six months ago with a woman whose husband booked the call for her, which I'm seeing more of, and I love it. She had just changed jobs, and she's used to having more male friends because she works in tech, so that makes sense. And so as we talked, it came out that she feels a certain pressure in front of women that she doesn't experience with men. And because of that, when with women, she overshares. She becomes self-deprecating. She is giving a bunch of personal details. Um, so, So she and I are talking, the client and I, talking questions, talking questions, and then boom, she has a fear that she'll be rejected by these women for whatever reason, not being feminine enough, cool enough, likable enough, whatever. So it's as if she's beating them to the punch, sharing a lot of personal things, cracking jokes about herself to see if they'll stick around. And I totally get that. I can follow the logic and I've probably even done it myself. But if we're oversharing as a means to test others, it's not productive to building genuine and deliberate connection. So let me say this as like a, a tough love moment. And hopefully you and I have built the kind of relationship over the past three years of this podcast. You know my heart. Okay, I'm not trying to fuss at you. I, I just want to throw this out there. Keep an open mind. Okay, if you disagree, that's fine. Come over to follow me on Instagram at Danielle Byer Jackson and message me. Tell me how much you disagree, okay? <laughs> when you overshare or you open up too much in the first conversation to test if people will care about you, you fail to realize that they don't have anything else to go on about you but the trauma dump. If I share something big with my friends, like right now, or I tell them something gross or something overwhelming or something just kind of too personal or if they see me do something rude or unkind or weird they have context for my character because that big strange thing is absorbed by everything else they have come to know but again since we want to fast forward closeness we're jumping all the way to intimacy without history but people endure our quirks they take on our burdens because they have come to care and I'm sorry I'm going to keep it all the way real Okay, if you're trying to get close to people or test them, if they really care about you by sharing a bunch of personal details, you you fail to realize that that's not necessarily going to make them want to be your friend. Now, for some people, that's true. I can't blanket statement any of this. Everyone's different. The way people qualify friendships is different. So I'm not here to tell you what's a real friendship and what's not. But 
just entertain the idea that it's not necessarily something that's going to inspire someone to want to be your friend because the first time you met them, you shared a bunch of personal details. They may elect to keep going with you afterwards. That's one thing. I'm not going to say it's a guaranteed preventer. But to automatically fast forward to friends where I'm I'm picking up your phone calls in the middle of the night when you need somebody to talk to or I'm coming across town to to attend an event that's important to you or I'm putting off things that I've got to do to help you move. Those are the things I do for a friend. You giving me a bunch of personal details and telling me your business is not going to fast forward me to doing those kinds of things for you. I am going to listen and receive it with compassion. Yes. But when we're oversharing to test if people care about us, it's almost like we're doing things out of order. Now, let me clarify. I'm not talking about being vulnerable. Vulnerability is good. That means I open up a little bit. I take a risk of being rejected. Okay. And small study tidbits that grow over time is appropriate. It is necessary. Research tells us that we do tend to like people more after they're vulnerable with us. It's called the beautiful mess effect. Okay. So that's a thing. But we need to differentiate between vulnerability and oversharing, which brings me to reason number three. Some of us overshare because we think that that's being vulnerable and we think that that means keeping it real. I'm going to encourage you to go back to an episode we did with Dr. Marissa G. Franco, the New York Times bestselling author of the book Platonic. We had an episode, I think last year now, about fake vulnerability. Vulnerability, as she described it at the time, is taking the risk of being rejected. But who says that has to be happening at like a level 10 all the time? So taking a risk being rejected could be me telling you that I really liked hanging out with you yesterday. And that feels vulnerable to me to put myself out there like that. Okay, texting you and being like, hey, hanging out with you was really amazing. I'd like to do it again sometime. That's vulnerable. Initiating conversation with a, with a stranger when you're a little bit scared of being rejected. That's vulnerable. But we have got to stop equating telling you all my business with vulnerability okay but some of us think that that's being vulnerable right me telling all my business about my sex life me telling details about my hygiene me telling you details when I just met you about um, things that happened in my childhood big heavy things that happened in my childhood me talking to you about what's in my bank account relatively personal details and I'm like well that's keeping it real you have to be aware that yes you might feel like that's keeping it real and you have every right to share whatever you want to share but I'm just asking you to also entertain the idea that it has social consequences it might make people question your judgment as they wonder why you shared so much so soon with somebody you don't know it might be a turnoff that's the risk that we take as well right that you shared it and it's something that a person disagrees with or it makes them uncomfortable. So they don't elect to build something more with you. And you might say, well, well, then they're not my true friends. But that goes back to reason number two, oversharing to test whether or not a person will care about me. But that is out of order. Okay. Other reasons that people tend to overshare are outside of my scope. But I want you to look at things like anxiety as well, a compulsion to, to share a lot of personal things. And then you continue to share because you can't let that sit. So you feel like you have to clean it up. So you do it again. That is a thing that people with anxiety will do um, or because you want sympathy. You want to feel understood. Again, those are two things I encourage you to work through with with a mental health professional because it has a very real impact on the relationships that we form with other people. Now, what do we do instead of oversharing? What do we do instead? If you are a tier two member of our group chat, I'm reserving this information for you. Okay. 
If you want to become a member of our group chat, I would love to have you join us at betterfemalefriendships.com slash group chat. This is where those women are always getting little bonuses because they are showing I'm intentional about friendship. I want to invest in that. I want to honor that. So I I reserve certain information for them. If you're trying to understand what to do instead of oversharing when you feel that compulsion, I've shared four things that I know to be effective at betterfemalefriendships.com slash group chat. You'll sign up for the tier two level and hopefully I'll see you over there. Now, as your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely. If you have a tendency to give a lot too soon, I want you to ask yourself why you do that. Really, seriously. And then I want you to see if there's an alternative way to achieve that thing you're looking for that you have not yet identified. So let's do it now in real time. Why do you tend to compulsively overshare, especially in new interactions? I'll give you a second to reflect. What are you trying to accomplish when you do that? And now, what might be a healthier way to achieve that thing? Okay? Sit with that for a second. And if you want to put this out into the world for like accountability or to like make it feel more solid, visit betterfemalefriendships.com and go to the contact page and tell me how this episode uh, how this episode's resonated with you. Or if you prefer, you can DM me on Instagram at Danielle Byer Jackson so I can respond to you there with a voice note, which is my favorite thing to do. And we can connect on another level. Okay? Taking it to Instagram. All right? So until then, you know that I'll be right here rooting for you on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time.